0: Episode three hundred and forty five.
1: I would like to help them understand how that they can be financially ahead by putting three or four or five thousand dollars into this vehicle rather than the opposite, which is to get another vehicle. So then I just have this simple procedure that I just tear out a eight and a half by eleven sheet of plain white paper and I write one, two, three on the left side.
0: Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarket leaders, to Remarkable Results Radio Podcast. If you are growing, changing, or investing in your business, this is the resource you need on everything auto care. Over 400 collective episodes between the Remarkable Results Radio and Town Hall Academy that you would benefit from. And today, episode 345 with Leon Martin. Hey, if you're staying current with your AMI or working toward your professional designation, go to RemarkableResults.biz AMI and see how listening to the Academy episodes can earn you AMI elective credits. Hey, this episode is presented by Federal Mogul Motor Parts. They support us, and they're the reason you get to enjoy these great aftermarket interviews absolutely free. Search for parts and get the latest technical updates. Also, sign up for their Garage Rewards Loyalty Program for Texan Shops. Go to fmmotorparts.com. Hey, ready for something new? Keep a close eye out for a new podcast to show up in your subscription stream. Yes, it's called For the Record. You'll enjoy a short oration from an industry colleague on whatever is on their mind. The new show is going to allow aftermarket professionals a chance to give you their opinion or even express a rant on a topic or two that they are passionate about. I'm so excited. So look for the new show, For the Record, coming soon. Hey, the network of listeners builds in the aftermarket's learning superhighway. I'm honored to make so many connections, like new Facebook friends Brian Gillis, Justin Pryor, Greg Piquet, Haz Maz Neo, and Dan Dempster. My new Instagram followers, Christian Porter and Luis Santiago, and my latest LinkedIn connections, Tom Steele, Daruv Chada, and Brian Ball. Get connected, RemarkableResults.biz slash social. Glad to have you all on board. Hey, when you want to buy a shop in a farming community with no less than 2,200 people, it's a challenging ordeal, especially when people tell you that you're not going to make it. Well, Leon Martin did just that. He challenged the status quo and built Autotech LLC in Rochester, Washington to a reality, a very, very strong business. This episode shows how the impact of soap, paint, and light, among others, helped Leon Martin beat the competition and create a strong and financially healthy shop. In this episode with Leon Martin, he has some very powerful advice that you can implement today to improve your business. Leon also shares his ideas on how to get customers to find money necessary to invest in repairing their vehicles. You're going to learn about colors and the power of being totally organized to improve your workflow. Leon always tells his customers, maintenance is easy to schedule, breakdowns are not. His customers will nod their approval while he and his crew extracts a smile and a simple what can I do to make your day better? It works wonders building strong customer relationships. Find the talking points and extended bio on Leon Martin at remarkableresults.biz slash E345. There is a ton of great takeaways here, I promise. Hey, warm welcome to Leon Martin from Auto Tech Services in Rochester, Washington, the state of
1: Washington. Hey, Leon. Hey, good morning, Carm.
0: Glad to have you here. We met at ATE in March of 2018.
1: Yes, that's right. I remember that. It was a great time.
0: It was a good time. It was a great event, my first time there. And it was great to bump into you. And, uh, you know, so here it is, Leon. And we're we're having, we're, we're kind of meeting it by chance, you know, both in the expo hall and in a couple of other areas. And I said, so tell me about your business. And he said a couple of things he said that really interested me, which is why I'm having you on. You said... Soap, paint, and light.
1: Soap, paint, and light, that's three of my pets. I know <laughs> I and,
0: and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. We're gonna we're gonna get there. But Rochester, Washington, population about twenty three hundred.
1: Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: You call that a one red light town, didn't you?
1: Yes, one red light and one subway. That is the extent of the you know, the fast food It'd be subway, that's it. But uh
0: I don't want people to think that there's an underground subway, but you're talking
1: about <laughs> food, right? <laughs> that's right.
0: It's so interesting that you could have such a successful business in a one red light town.
1: I think I'm blessed in many ways. Number one, with my family. Number two, with God blessing whatever happens. And so I give a lot of credit to others and not myself. But I do have a few keys that I think that help to go along with that it is so paint and light. I do believe I have a large portion in affecting the general public. And how they make emotional decisions, because all of us make decisions by our emotions.
0: You've come a long way from, uh, I believe, Missouri.
1: That is correct.
0: Mm-hmm. And you 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 had a successful run in Missouri. I think you bought a piece of property, put up a shop. Uh, people probably That's told right. you that you there was no way you were going to be successful.
1: Yes, I was told that in 1986, there's no way to be successful in this part of the country. There's not that many people and everyone is you know, depressed and the economy is not strong. And this town doesn't, is not able to support another business. And I was told all the negative things, which, by the way, that is what we are told. By the time we're 18 years old, it is said we are told the word no 150,000 times. And we are told the word Yes approximately 5,000 times in that same amount of time. So that ratio is not good for humanity. It's not good for you, Karm. It's not good for me, but we all live with it and it is the way it is. So it's always easier to get permission, pardon me, to get forgiveness rather than permission if we're not sure about something. So I'm not sure that that's one of our underlying guidance, but it does seem to work that way.
0: Uh, you're, you're so right about that. That's why that's why you're on. I think you could teach us this entire industry uh, some really good lessons here. So, uh, you were success there. You kind of moved out to Washington State. You had an opportunity to work with a, a, a client, a customer, a friend at a shop?
1: That is correct. There was another business that was having some financial struggles, and they reached out to me for some help and assistance, and I tried to point them in the right direction. And uh, through a whole bunch of circumstances, I ended up moving there and actually helping the business. But the very first thing I did was I administered the soap, paint, and light theory to this dilapidated looking building and run down, dark, uh, wrong color choices, just the whole thing. Soap equals cleanliness. And I have the philosophy that cleanliness is next to godliness. Not saying that it's equal to godliness, but I'm trying to say that Things need to be clean. Number two, paint. That equals color. So I like to have it well-colored and using the colors. I've studied colors over the years and how it affects emotions. If you have the right colors, it becomes appetizing. Just like the yellow and reds are used in the food industry, you will eat more if you have yellow and reds in your environment. Than, and if you have dark blues in your environment, you will eat less. So they have capitalized on the yellow and reds. And I don't know if it's because of mustard and ketchup, but I do know that people eat more if they sit in a yellow and red environment. And this is why the fast foods often employ some of those colors.
0: McDonald's.
1: Thank you. And the word light is just that. It needs to be well lit day and night. So whatever your business is, if it has proper lighting, it goes a long way in helping to make emotional decisions. The interesting thing is that all humanity makes decisions about where they will spend money and do business with based on things before they get out of their vehicle, before they ever even drove into your place, before they called you on the phone. It's everything happens before. So when we understand that most decisions are made before, now you can start thinking about your business in a way that, what can I do? to help them make a right decision before they call my competition. So that's part of my soap, paint, and light theory, that I think those three things go a long way in helping us to make the right decisions. As an environment, as the public, we make right decisions based on some things that are, before they know us, before they know there is a Karm, before they know there is a Leon.
0: Leon, let's drill into the before piece. Um, So I'm struggling. Uh, You see, uh, listen, Carm, let's do soap, paint, and light. Uh, Work with me, though, on the, I understand soap I can clean, I can paint, I can put up lights, but talk to me about the before piece. How do you you wrap me up before?
1: If we understand that approximately, I'm told, it's between 97 and 98% of all financial decisions are made on emotions. That means you put gas in your vehicle so that you do not experience the emotion of not putting gas in. In other words, I don't want to run out. I don't want that feeling. So I will stop before I need to, to make sure there's enough of fuel in my car. Number two, we could apply that to every aspect. I pay my electric bill so that I don't experience what happens if you don't. I take care of my dog. I take care of my lawn. I do everything by emotions. I spend money on these things because I don't want the side effects if I don't. People spend money on their cars so that they do not experience the side effects of what they believe will be side effects. The side effects of making a wrong emotional decision. So this is why we pay our our electric bills so that we don't get the light built or the lights turned off. This is why we put gas in our vehicles so that we don't run out. This is why we stay within the speed limit so that we don't have the side effects of what could happen if, you, if you're a speeder. Um, the list is long. It's very long. People change oil in their cars because their dad told them they should. And his dad told them that they should. And his dad said, you do that. That is basically what people believe is taking care of a vehicle, just changing the oil. And they call it, you know, I've serviced it ever since it's new. They're not necessarily coming in to say, you know, I think it's time for uh, to have a maintenance health assessment on my vehicle. And I really think I should have the, you know, my air intake tunnels examined, see if they're time to be cleaned and all that. They don't come asking for those things. Those are things that we as the professional service sector of this industry need to help people understand the side effects of not servicing those things. So it becomes a long chain of event till we get to that point.
0: So is the before piece informing the customer?
1: Correct. Before is informing. So how can you be informed before you know them? By soap, paint, and light. There is your key. If you can have your property, your position, your facility look right, colored correctly, and well lit. It's one small thing that you can do in the right direction of before, because I've never talked to you. You don't know me. I don't know you. So how can I communicate? With soap, paint, and light.
0: I'm talking with Jonathan Chikeli, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. So, Jonathan, how does a service professional get the the guru-on-the-go van to their shop? There's a couple ways. We do what we call cold calls, where we go around and just visit shops based on uh, geographics, and there's also times where we team up with
1: outside sales reps from other parts distributors and visit the shops on that basis.
0: So I love this. You pull into a shop on a cold call, they see the van, and they're probably excited to see you.
1: Yeah. I've had a couple shops where they've actually have already heard of the gurus via Facebook or social media. So when I show up, they've already been signed up and taken online classes. And now at the vans there, it's really easy to book a lunch and learn.
0: So you're really an extension of the Garage Guru Training Centers.
1: Yes, absolutely. So
0: you're all done with your lunch and learn. You spend 45 minutes to an hour. Probably that's all you can really get from a busy, busy shop. What are the technicians saying about your shop visit?
1: Oh, they love it. They thank me You know, every second I'm walking out the door and just can't wait for me to come back again.
0: Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On-site, online, or on-demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. Uh, you're twenty three hundred and eighty eight. I looked it up. It, it, population in Rochester, Washington, and I think about uh, my shops in a town of eighty thousand. And you know, you're probably more prominent on the highway and and known in your town versus me with eighty thousand people in my town. If no one ever has a chance to drive by my place and see what I've done with soap, paint, and light. How do I inform them and get their emotional before buy-in? Are we using social media? Are we using ads? What are we doing?
1: I'm actually not even on the main drag. So I'm actually at a distance from the main highway, the one and only highway that goes through there, which is Route 12. But you can see the roof of my building from the highway. So I painted it bright flag day blue. That is the color of the roof. Just for that purpose and that purpose only, so that it stands out. It's a very bright blue, and blue is a service industry type color. All your red, white, and blues basically mean service. That is why Exxon, Mobil, Amoco, Standard Oil, and all these people have used red, white, and blue for 50 years or more is because it represents service. It's a place that I can go to get answers. Back in the day, it said, ask us as you travel, that was on their polls. Well, that same concept is, is burned in the minds of the older generations. The millennials, it doesn't mean what it did back then. It's changed some. However, there's still the very concept of something bright means attraction. So the word blue needs to be bright. There's the dark blues that I see some industries use, and they are not attractive dark blue means something that is more like machine shop, or it is something technical. It is something that is very uh, austere, and it is more like the military, and things like that. Those are the colors I want to stay away from.
0: Okay, I get it. You're uh, you're off the beaten path, but yet you've been there for a lot of years. You've got a great business growing, and you do not shy away from the soap, paint, and light uh, strategy. How does it work for me to get known the before emotional decision in a big, big town, how, how would you advise me
1: in a big, big town? I would advise you the same thing that I would advise in a small town. And that is well designed and colored is probably the number one thing that you can do before I know anything about you. So that means it's a visual. There's all kinds of marketing with uh, social media and all the other multiplicity of ways you can do marketing. And I'm not saying anything against that, but I'm talking about the things that will cause the average motoring public to say, ooh, they they give it a three-second notice.
0: It's the wow factor
1: you're looking for. It's the wow factor that I'm looking for. And anytime someone is glancing to something, that means it caught their attention. In the sign industry, we have a phrase, if I can get your attention two to three seconds, I got it. It's the same thing with your building and your appearance. If I can get your attention two to three seconds, I've got it. Because that means they will then study the next 15 seconds. They will actually look at it multiple times as a drive-by because of the first time that took the two to three seconds that got their attention, something got their attention, and I'm going to fulfill the rest of my inquisitiveness about that. So when I'm inquisitive about something, I want to get the answer. So when you drive past a place and you see something that caught your attention, you will look at it the second time when you go by because you only have about five seconds to focus on something while driving.
0: So with all the work that you do, I bet you that you give tours of your place to customers.
1: Yes, that is a regular basis. We do approximately two to three tours per day. And that is part of our whole concept is giving a shop tour. And after we have a new interested person which comes. And that's also the first thing they find when they come into the business is that it's well-marked where to park. That is an extreme important thing. Knowing exactly where to park, a welcome sign that says for customer parking here. And I have a strong position in believing there's only three three places for vehicles. One is for the new customer to pull up to or the existing customer, it's called the customer parking area. And then the finished vehicle area, that's all with vehicles backed in, ready to drive out. I don't ever want to have a customer use the word reverse in their mind. That's going backwards. And I think we should, as an industry, try and help our people design parking spots so they can always go forward. So every customer that comes to my place gets to go forward. When they pick up the vehicle, when they drop it off, everything, the whole experience is going forward. And as soon as they drop off a vehicle, I have one of the staff remove the vehicle and put it behind the fence, so to speak. It's out of sight, out of mind, ready for the in-progress place. In-progress is where I have the largest number of vehicles. The amount that are dropped off, the amount that are delivered in the finish line is about the same.
0: Leon, where did you get this passion for this level of detail and the psychology of of your engagement? Did it was is this just you natural passion? This is how you did it? Did you study this?
1: I think it comes from being restricted when you live in an area. Where I live, everything is in restriction. You can't do this, can't do that. It's no, 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 no. It's one of those 150,000 no's that you hear all the time from the county. No, you can't do this. No, you need a permit. No, 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 no. So what can I do that's yes, yes, yes. That's my passion. What can I do that's yes.
0: That you have control of.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it just takes very few of those to start turning the tide, so to speak. And now you can start seeing, you know what? This is a great day, (laughs) and this is a good place to make this happen, and this is a good, good thing.
0: Let me just say that you're in the nth degree. I mean, you're way up there, X, triplicate, whatever. Uh, And Leon and I were were on the phone, and he sent me some pictures of his place. He not only carries (laughs) your customer experience to that nth level, the organization inside your shop. I mean, if you're giving tours to people and they see how well-placed equipment is and how clean it is, that's got to go a long way for uh, customer comfort, trust. But at the same time, the production and the efficiency of your team inside is is incredible.
1: They do well. Yes, I would say they do well because... I don't like them spending and wasting time for hunting because I think hunting is for elk and deer and quail or whatever your sport is, but it should not be in the daily round of duty. We should not spend time hunting. So I like to have everything in a proper place so that everybody knows where to go to find it. It's nothing that you need to go hunt for. Hunting is for sports, not for efficiency. And I like to also have this concept don't buy anything until I have a place prepared for it. If you prepare the place first, it's amazing how well that works. And if you do not prepare the place first, you usually end up placing the new purchase. Well, let's see where we're going to put it. Uh, We just default for right now it's on the table or right now it's on the toolbox or right now it's in the corner or whatever. So how many of us could relate to that? And, I'm not saying that I've always attained to that. I've bought things before I made a place for it. And I suffered for that different times because, well, I know we bought one of those, but I'm not sure where it is. So
0: I love it. Uh, you know, I, it has to have a
1: home. Exactly. Wow. A home. That's exactly right.
0: I love it. It's all about lean. And we've done shows on lean before and, and the value that lean brings to a company, boy um, loved, loved the pictures of your shop. Now, You were telling me that Olympia is a town, how far away?
1: Uh, It's about 25 miles away.
0: 25 miles. And you have big competition there, they say.
1: That's what the largest dealer network that is there. They said that is their number one competition. They said is my place.
0: 25 miles away.
1: Yeah, it's 20 some miles away. and, And I felt that that's not a bad thing. I think that's a good thing to know that they felt that I am their competition. They are also good about cleanliness. They, they have nice dealer facilities. So their soap, paint, and light to me is acceptable. It's very good.
0: Got it. And so that's why they look at you as, if you will, their closest, nearest, most aggressive competitor because you, you are running a business very similar to theirs.
1: And it's, it's also because they have lost some of their customers to me uh, for other various reasons.
0: What would those be?
1: timing belt jobs, um, just maintenance and service, the 90K services, that type of thing, they've lost. Is it
0: is it a different kind of philosophy at the counter? I mean, why would people be gravitating to your place to get those major jobs done? Is there a, I mean, ah, okay, so I walk in. Is my experience in your place better than the dealer?
1: I would say yes. A very adamant yes. The experience should and will be different. You will be made to feel one of the family. You will be given a shop tour. The dealership does not do that. The shop tour is part of the experience of being part of my guests. And that is, I want them to know everything the way we know it. I want to be crystal clear with communication and clarity. I want to make sure that they understand. I will email them the pictures of anything that they see or that we see that could be advantageous for them to see. Uh, We will keep them updated by text multiple times during the day, during the job, just a simple text, like things are going all right. I just want to let you know and things like that. Uh, We should be done by the time that we had scheduled uh, just to keep them in the loop. And so we get a lot of comments and referrals about how that our communication is at the top. Uh, It's what most humanity wants is communication. And with the advent of texting it's very very simple and easy to do, and it's also acceptable with the millennials uh, with an extreme acceptance compared to even the the boomers the boomers there's a, there's a majority of them like texting as well, but millennials all like it so it's got it. it's the way to go
0: Can you share what you're using for texting and uh, vehicle inspections?
1: We use auto vitals inspections and okay. we use the bolt bolt on uh, texting feature, okay. so we have some of both worlds.
0: Great companies. Hey, um, what you described with me a little bit about the customers, uh, do they feel the heart of the business?
1: I want them to feel the heart of the business. And if they don't, you know, then I will probably lose them. But if they do feel the heart of the business, they stick and they stay and they're appreciative of all that.
0: And that's why you can do the volume that you do in such a small town. Wow. Did you ever hear a customer, a friend, a colleague go to the big conferences and says, you don't understand, my town is just
1: dead? I've heard that for at least 20-some years. Almost every shop owner I talk to in various states, because I know lots of shop owners all over the United States, I would say in approximately 20 different states that I have connections, and they all basically say the same thing and Rochester, Washington would be no different. It's a a very backward and suppressed town, so to speak. But I think that's not a reason to hang it up. I think that's a reason to get it out, make sure that we can get the message out with soap, paint, and light. And what it does, it draws on the surrounding community. I could not be where i am today with just a 2300 population typical town because number one if you think about how many decision makers there are within a 2300 population town so what does that represent if a, an average family of 3.5 or or four whatever it is so we're we're down to less than 500 probably mm-hmm. right out of the chute yeah and then there's a whole You know, there's a certain segment that's going to school and, you know, you have very few decision makers as to what you really need. So it spreads and it spreads. It all spreads with referrals. Referrals are still my number one reason that I'm in business because referrals to me are strong and I think we can continue to build on referrals with soap, paint and light.
0: What, What share do you think you have in Rochester?
1: Well, the share it becomes a question of if you're talking about oil services that's one thing if you're talking about general automotive maintenance that's another thing so we're stronger in in the automotive maintenance which we do the the whole car so to speak we do our slogan is neighbor to neighbor bumper to bumper so with that neighbor to neighbor and bumper to bumper slogan that we use we have i'm going to say concerning the Compared to the other shops in Rochester, there's a few other shops here too, but we have a strong percentage I will say a very strong percentage of the work that's done in this community
0: i I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to commit to it, but uh, no doubt you're on the high side of fifty. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've recently done some shows on pivoting in in your business. Did you ever have a, you know, in in all the years you've been in business and and having been in Missouri and and now in Rochester, was there ever ever a major pivot in your business that really was a turnaround moment?
1: Maybe my single greatest pivot would be my slogan, that is, maintenance is easy to schedule, breakdowns are not. When I made a large banner like that and put it out over my awning, maintenance is easy to schedule breakdowns are not. I use that in my shop tour. When I get to my maintenance equipment, equipment, I say that phrase, I try to drill it in everybody's mind. Maintenance is easy to schedule, breakdowns are not. And I look at them and and I'm silent for a little bit and they say,
0: you know, you're right. Boy, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot
1: of sense, you know, because it's very hard to schedule a breakdown but maintenance is so easy to schedule.
0: So here I am thinking about watching you walk people through your business and, you know, so proud of, you know, where, where you're at, soap, paint, light. And you're probably, this is scripted. I bet you every walk through this thing is scripted. So, you know, do you, do you say your yes, slogan? <laughs> I, know, I figured so. Yes, yes, do, I do
1: that. Do you say your yes. slogan a couple of times? <laughs> I mean, do you say, <laughs> yes, 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 Carmen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I use the slogan. And then on the way back from my shop tour, right at the end, as I'm going through the last door, I have a little sign above it about attitudes. I said, you know, pick one. We all have to pick those daily. So I said, we've got attitudes too. You could choose one today. <laughs> wow. And, you know, and it, it brings that smile on her face, you know, and everything. It's just, just part of the, the whole experience. People come to your place. It seems like uh, it's an elixir. Possibly is to some. That is correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you still have the fire in your belly that you had when you first started years ago.
1: I don't feel any less heat because <laughs> my son will say, "Hey, you got a new customer here. You want to give him a shop tour?" I said, "Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just ready to go do it." So, what is your role in the business? Uh, it's multiple. You know, I can pick up. You know, wherever they have a have a flat spot, or if they're having a Uh, somebody wants off today or something like that, then I can usually go in and fill, whatever that is. But my last piece of that shop tour, I just want to make sure that you get this, and that is attitude, choose a good one today. That phrase is just something about it, and I welcome them back. And, And it sets the stage. This whole shop tour is all about setting the stage so that you can give them the call back after an hour or two hours, whatever it is, when you're done inspecting their vehicle and explain to them what they need. And they already have this, I'm going to call it the buy-in is already done. So the sales work does not need to happen.
0: Competency, openness, trust, integrity. You You really walked them through those key business strategies. They didn't even know it. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. So you're, uh, you're starting to do some business coaching.
1: Actually, I've done that probably on the side, so to speak, for a number of years, just assisting other businesses where not only automotive, but others as well in helping them to understand they've got two free gifts from God, the smile and the right hand. It's amazing how far those two things will take you in life, you know, and just, hi, I am, and just introduce yourself with your name and glad to meet you today. And how can I help you? How can I make your day better? that's what I often say. How can I make your day better? You know, and all of a sudden they say they're kind of stumped with that. Uh, wow. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, they're doing all this. Uh, uh, uh yeah. You know, they don't know where to start. Got How it, can man. I make your day better? You know, and all of a sudden it's like, I know it's a psychological, uh, attack, but it really works.
0: You know, I, I think hanging out with you would be a blast because you're you're just this incredibly positive person, uh, you got family working inside, so they know dad. I mean, dad is dad's you know rocking. He's doing his thing. Um, how does that family dynamic work with you as the you know the, if you will, the attitude leader?
1: Well, I think m- my sons are doing a better job than I did, and so. I commend them a lot. Just, just this morning, this just took place like an hour ago, I called a certain lady about her motorhome, uh, her Sprinter motorhome. She had issues with it. And she just wanted to tell me at the end of the conversation, I just need to tell you that Brian, the way Brian handled that whole thing with me, I'm so impressed with Brian. He really, listen to this, made me feel good. Brian made her feel good. She never saw Brian. Brian did the thing on the phone the correct way. Brian has been trained by Elite. I have a high affiliation with Elite and I totally promote them as one of the best in the industry for training service advisors. So Brian and Merlin both have been trained by Elite and they've done well with that training. And I was just so impressed with Donna's comments about Brian. She just wanted to keep talking about Brian. Well, you know, it was... I was so happy to think about, you know, they're doing the right thing. And she had her motor home towed here from almost 200 miles away, almost 200 miles away. She heard her, she tried to get somebody else to work on it. And they all told her because she lived, I think, north of Olympia. said, why don't you call Martins, call Autotech? And she did. She said, I'm so glad I called you.
0: Man, amazing. Hey, those are great stories. Those are just great stories, and you build on them. Now, will you share this with Brian?
1: Yes, I already did. Why did I even ask?
0: <laughs> because that's how you are. Do you ever let a customer walk out of the shop um, if they decided not to get anything fixed or done that was too expensive?
1: There's an occasional time that we don't meet there satisfaction or something like that. Sure, we let them walk out, but we tried to always tell them this when they leave. If you, in the event, this is the phrase I use, in the event you have a mind change or you'd like to reconsider, we're always open. I want your friendship more than I want your money.
0: Early on in your career, was there anything you could go back and tell your young self that uh, you should have known them?
1: Yes, I would say if I had it to do over again, I would have took more training at an earlier age rather than at a later age. So, most of my training came uh, in the last half of my career when i would and I trained myself basically from the magazines from motor age, service station uh, undercar, brake and front end, and all those things. I had a lot of training from that and a lot of the boomers did back in the day that 's what they trained themselves with with the tech papers and I would always go through the tech papers and this is how I would take care of a magazine. I would take the magazine and tear out all the advertisements that didn 't have the, the right kind of information on both sides, if it didn't have the, inf- the right kind of information on both sides, out went the page so that I could make the magazine thin and so I could get through it. And anything that related to management or dealing with psychology or people, I would not even, I would tear it out also. It was about 1991 or two, I decided to read one management article because I had like never read anything like that. I was always tech and i i professed to be the best tech there was nobody could outfix me so i had such a high opinion of myself about fixing things and making it better than new and beating the manufacturer and just you know make it all better than that was my drive in life to make it better than new i didn't realize what a disconnect i had from all the emotional and the psychology and everything else that all people live with i had a big disconnect so i lost some interaction with people because of that. So when I started going to the tech papers, started reading the management articles, I saw right away that I have a big need here in my life. I need to catch up. And that was my big turnaround period, about 92. And I started turning around and started reading tech articles, I mean, management articles, and started focusing more on that. And then I started changing some things. I started changing the way I think started changing the way I do business, that was a huge impact.
0: I was about ready to ask you a question, but would you, uh, what kind of recommendations would you give to a young new shop owner or a tech who decided to go out on his own and who's struggling? And it almost like you may have answered that already is to become a much better leader, manager, finance, margin. I mean, all that stuff.
1: Yes, that is correct. And studying, The word business for what business really is. And it's an interaction with the people and how to understand people, how to understand body language, how to understand yourself, how to make proper goals for yourself. Write those up, look at them every day, and try to help bring yourself to a pattern and a path that gets you closer to those goals. And have a coach is another strong thing I would recommend. Have some kind of a coach. Because coaches have a lot to say about accountability and humans need accountability. Without accountability, things will drop by the wayside.
0: You also teach people how to manage their money.
1: Yes, that's another one of my pets. I like to help people understand finances, banking, and their own finances and and how to budget. Uh, That's kind of been one of my things for many years. So that's not necessarily related to automotive, but I end up doing that with a lot of customers when they come in. It is related to automotive.
0: Some A lot of people can't pay their bills.
1: Right. So I try to do what I call creative financing. So I offer them creative ways, everything from an M&D loan, which stands for mom and dad, on down or on up from that. You I know, have a lot of creative ways to try and help them find and acquire monies and also to think outside of the box because I'm sure that the people are listening to this cast Often have heard this kind of well. I'm not going to put that amount of money into this vehicle. I'm going to trade it, and you know they 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 have these uh, back in the day they had these assortment of lies. It was considered the top lie in, in the industry was the check is in the mail, and number two was I'm going to trade it. So I don't know if that's still true today or not. And I don't keep track of that. It's too negative to talk about. I would like to help them understand how that they could be financially ahead. By putting three or four or $5,000 into this vehicle rather than the opposite, which is to get another vehicle. So then I just have this simple procedure that I just tear out an eight and a half by 11 sheet of plain white paper and I write one, two, three on the left side. Number one, now let's talk about this because if you want to really get another vehicle, I'm not opposing that because my first question to them, the number one question I give them, very first, right out of the chute, do you like your existing vehicle? This vehicle that needs all this work, do you really like it? Depending what that answer is, if it's a yes or a no, tells me what to do next. If they say yes, then my white piece of paper is the tool. If they say no, then I will just say, well, then I think you really ought to consider getting another vehicle. And if you need help with a pre-purchase pre-purchase inspection, I'll be happy to help you with that or I'll be happy to help you get rid of this existing vehicle. You know, if it's a nut, if it's a no fixer or whatever it is. But if they say yes, then I want to give them three things to think about. So in my paper that's in front of me, number one, if you would make another vehicle selection, what would you buy? Brand new? Oh, no, no, no. I just buy uh, you know, several years old or something like that. So I said, let's talk about a realistic number that you would pay for this vehicle. So then they say maybe 20,000 or 10,000 or 15, whatever the number is that they say. I'll, I'll go with that number. And then if your state has sales tax, and if it doesn't have sales taxes, it doesn't apply. But if your state has a sales tax, then I want them to talk about that sales tax number. So this $20,000 vehicle, and if you have a 9% sales tax, so that is $1,800 goes right beside the number one. So I said that is a number of monies that is going to be imparted and will not stay with the value of the vehicle. Oh yeah, I agree.
0: Mm, I, see to the state. I see where
1: you're going. So, I see where you're going with this, yes. All right, number 2. What is the insurance differential in 3 years with this new purchase? Right now existing old Betsy back here that needs help. Your insurance is how much a year did you say? And now, what about the new vehicle? What is the insurance on that?
0: There's the shocker.
1: So so how much difference is that per year? So we're going to, you think about $800 a year. Okay, so then that'd be $2,400 in three years. The reason I'm using three years, because I'm going to suggest keeping their vehicle for another three years as a minimum. So we'll write down $2,400 beside number two. That is the difference of the monies that you will impart just to have another newer vehicle.
0: In insurance costs, yeah.
1: In insurance costs. So now we have this $1,800 and this $2,400 number right here on the paper. And I didn't even get to number three yet. So you see how much those two together are already? So that's a $3,200 number that you're not going to keep and you're going to give to other people. It will never stay with your vehicle. Do we need to talk about depreciation, Mr. Jones? (laughs) You know what? Hey, I got to go talk to my wife about this. Wow. I need to talk to my husband about this. I said, sure, take this paper and just go home and think about it. You can call me if you decide to say yes.
0: By the way, that was 4,200.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, 4, That's okay. I didn't mean to
0: correct you because I, I was writing this down and doing the math. And I'm yes. thinking and the repair was only, the repair, you know, to bring the car up to almost, if you will, new condition. Not new condition, but safe condition could Have been a three thousand dollar bill. I mean,
1: it's, that's what I was thinking is about 3000 dollars to repair existing Betsy up to a three year. And if they like the car, then you, so then 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 you have it. So you like the car, and for three thousand dollars, you can actually get another three years plus or minus. You know, does it make sense? Then I just asked, does it make sense to fix this or not? So why don't you go and talk it over with your spouse or your existing whatever?
0: How often does this work?
1: I would say this works about 95% of the time. It's extremely high.
0: But they're also balking at the fact that it was a $3,000 repair and they may not just have that money. They may not have enough line on the credit card. Where do you go from there?
1: I have the six-month same-as-cash program available in my shop. That's one financial uh, option I have. Then I also have this M&D loan. I suggest that sometimes, mom and dad. And also I have, you know... If this is really important to you, you want to do some checking to see what you can do. And that is probably work the best. That way it helps them to think about what they can do. Doesn't always work, but most times it works. They have another friend or something that I don't even know about, or they have an out of state person. I've had so many that have a friend out of state. The friend will call from out of state with his credit card number and fix this vehicle. It has happened so many times for me, the friend out of state, I have no idea who it is it's an uncle whatever
0: you're doing the math on the white paper you're you're, you're engaging your the, the customer in the in some of these solutions you 've got them thinking way outside the box
1: Yes, and the white paper is the exact opposite of soap paint and light. It is just that a piece of white paper with a few ink marks on it there's no glitz loss or anything like that. It's not like a, it's not like I'm buying something here. This is like helping me all I can. This white paper helps me all I can. It's not taking my attention off of anything except this is the bare facts. That's what it is. It's like the bones of the whole conversation. So all of a sudden they see, you know, and without pressure, I always try and encourage them to take it home and think about it. That, that is always easy to accept. When someone tells you, before you make a large decision, why don't you go give yourself a little time? Aren't you really happy to do that? You're happy to walk away from it so that you're not in front of an individual because a front of an individual means there's pressure. I want them to be without pressure. It's the same way I have them fill out their first time sheet. I always give them first time sheet for first time information to sit down. I said, I'll be back in a couple minutes. I want to make sure my body is out of the way, make them feel as comfortable as they can.
0: Wow, this is so interesting. Um, I think you and I could go on for two or three hours. Uh, Very interesting, good stuff. Uh, Any final uh, great words of wisdom that you would love to give to the audience?
1: I think the best thing I could part with is just thinking about how that everybody has a life. Let's try and make it as good as we can for each other.
0: Short, sweet, simple, profound. (laughs) Yeah. Leon Martin, Auto Tech Services, Rochester, Washington. Um, thanks for a um, great, great episode. Just beautiful talk radio
1: here in the aftermarket. If I can help anyone, it's my passion.
0: Cool. Thanks. And if you want to get through to Leon, just email me, carm at results.biz. Thanks, Leon.
1: Have a great day.
0: Thanks, Leon Martin, for your passion and time to tell your story. This episode will surely impact all shop owners in a positive way. You can only run your course or set sail into a destination when you have a destination in mind and a goal. And along the way, financial viability, great customer service, and a strong business culture. They're the cement for those goals. Find the key talking points, additional bio information on Leon Martin at RemarkableResults.biz E345. Tell a friend about the Aftermarket's Premier podcast and share this incredible content library for all aftermarket professionals. Email me, Karm, at remarkable results.biz and I will reply. We'll talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the Premier Automotive Aftermarket Podcast. Until next time...